It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. When I was a brand new Christian back in the early 1980s, there was a moral movement in America. It was called the moral majority, a political movement really. And the concept was that if we would just get the right people into political offices in America, that we could take back our country, that we could affect a moral resurgence. And so at that time, the whole movement's focus was on putting a conservative in the White House. And we, and the movement worked and Ronald Reagan was elected and for eight years he was the president, but it didn't seem to change the moral course of the country. Well, the thought was, well, we got the presidency, but you, you really can't impact change unless you have the House and the Senate. Well, in the early 90s, there was the contract with America and Newt Gingrich uh, led this political revelation. And for the first time in decades, conservatives were in charge of the House and the Senate. But, you know, it really didn't bring about the moral change in America that was hoped for. Well, the real need is for the Supreme Court. If you get the Supreme Court, then that can affect the moral change in America. And now conservatives dominate the Supreme Court. And yet there still doesn't seem to be a moral headway in the direction of things in America. And it kind of seems to me that in some ways we were trying or are trying to put um, a moral band-aid on a deeply spiritual problem. Now, the Apostle Paul had a completely different response to how to deal with this issue. In Acts chapter 17, we're still in Paul's missionary journey. And during this missionary journey in Greece, um, Acts 17 is really comprised of three different cities that Paul preached in. Thessalonica in northern Greece, Berea, a little bit more southern, and then Athens, Greece in the south. And uh, it says in verse 16 that when Paul came to Athens, you see, Paul had to leave Berea because there was persecution, and he left Silas and Timothy there, and he came to Athens. And in verse 16, it says, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. So Paul comes to Athens, he sees the society, he sees the culture around him, he sees this, this city that is so given to idolatry that it literally, it says it stirs or provokes his spirit. Now it's interesting because Paul had been preaching in many, many pagan cities where there was idolatry. But the idolatry, the moral, the moral lewdness of Athens and some of the things you could read about was so overwhelming to Paul that it just provoked him in his spirit. It, it stirred him. And it says in verse 17, Therefore he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods. Now look at this because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. So Paul's at Athens and he sees this city that is wholly given to idolatry. His spirit's provoked in him because of what he sees. But look at his response. His response was to preach Jesus. And he just kept 
preaching Jesus. He just kept doing the same thing that he was already doing. He didn't see a different answer for the situation in Athens. He didn't see a local answer of leadership that maybe could change Athens. He did what he had been doing during his entire missionary journey. Now, it's interesting because in Acts chapter 17, it highlights three particular cities, which also shows us three completely different responses to the gospel. The first city was Thessalonica. Now, Thessalonica was kind of a, a military seri- a city that was on the Ignatian Way, a Roman road pretty rough place. And Paul preached there. But if you go back and you look in verses one through nine at while he was there at Thessalonica, what was the result of his bold proclamation of the gospel? It says some believed, but you know what? Most didn't. Most of them began to persecute Paul and persecute the Christians. Well, so he had to leave Thessalonica because of the persecution. And he went down to a city on the road below them near Mount Olympus called Berea. And in verses 10 through 12, we, t- we find out what it was like for Paul at Berea. And the result of his preaching at Berea was a little different than at Thessalonica. In Thessalonica, some believed, but most persecuted. Well, at Berea, it says many believe. Well, what was the difference? It says because they were more noble than those in Thessalonica, because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether the things Paul said were true. And it says, therefore, many of them believe. Same gospel, um, basically same culture of people, maybe a little different local culture change. But in Thessalonica, most persecute, some believed. Well, when he left Thessalonica, he didn't get to Berea and say, well, that sure didn't work. We need to change the message because most of those people didn't believe. No, he kept doing the same thing he did. And they listened a little better here. And many of them believed. Well, then the persecutors from Thessalonica found out Paul was at Berea. They came down to Berea. They persecuted him there. Then he left Berea, and now he comes to Athens. And Athens is the philosophical center of the world. And Paul goes there, and he said, man, these people have more strange gods than I have ever seen anywhere. And it says his spirit was stirred. It was provoked in him. And I wonder if Paul showed up in the streets of America today, whether his spirit would be provoked. Now, it may not be the different shrines to different idols like he would have seen in that ancient world, but there's no lack of idolatry here in America either. I think he would look at the material greed. He would look at, you know, the way we're flipping the script on God's creative order And I believe Paul would be very, very provoked about what is going on here. If Paul was a preacher in America, if Paul was a Christian here in the United States, I think the same response would be there with Paul that should be with ours, that his spirit was provoked with him. Well, what did he do? He just kept preaching the gospel. He didn't change. And and what was the result of Athens? It says some mocked and a few of them believed, certain of them believed. So three cities, three different responses. One, mostly persecution. One, a lot of faith. One, mocking. But in all three places, although the primary response was different, there was always a response of some that believed. And the lack of maybe numerical success did not change Paul's message. He just kept right on preaching Jesus. He didn't alter his message, but he saw the gospel as man's need. He saw the gospel as the solution to society's problems. 
Not everyone believed, most did not, but Paul didn't see this as failure. See, the mission given to Paul by Jesus um, was to preach the gospel. It was to preach the gospel, not to get results. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Jesus said, teach all nations the gospel and those that do believe, teach them. But you know, the obedience to the mission that Jesus gave was the success that Paul saw, not in the response of people. I think sometimes today we feel like uh, maybe the lack of change in the world around us makes us feel like in some way as Christians or as uh, proclaimers of Christ and the gospel that we're failing. But you see, that's a lie of Satan that he wants to use. And he wants us to feel such a high degree of failure that we give up on preaching the gospel. That's not what Paul did. Man, the result was, un, um, was not the important thing to Paul. It was that he was doing what Jesus told him to do. You see, he comes there. The whole place is given to idolatry. It grieved Paul deeply, but he just kept doing what he did everywhere else. He preached the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is man's only solution. And it's a mistake to try to put moral band-aids on deeply spiritual problems. So society may grieve you today, and by the way, it should grieve you, but don't put your hope in man's solutions. Don't put your hope in man says, hey, we need more education. Don't put your hope in education solutions. Don't put your hope in political solutions. Don't put your uh, hope in social program solutions. Be sure that your hope is in Jesus Christ and proclaim him boldly. And don't count your success in who believes, but count your success in how you share. That's what Paul did. Man, three cities, three responses. He comes, the whole place is just a mess. The whole culture, the whole society. But you know what? Paul didn't see reformation as the answer. Paul saw proclamation as the answer. And most of them didn't believe. But you know what? Some did. And it sure made a difference in their lives. So the word for today is this. As your heart is provoked today by the world you live in, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus each day. Preach Jesus every day. Preach Jesus everywhere. It's the same solution. Preach Jesus to everyone. Most are not going to believe. Most are not going to accept what you have to say. But you know what? Some will. There will always be the sum. And the success is not in the number that respond to your message. The success is that you are sharing the message that Jesus gave to us. The same message he gave to Paul with the same solution that Paul saw for the culture he lived in. Same one for the culture and the world that we live in today. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.